The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Straight in there, Magsy. Straight away. Look at that. My good lady, my wife there. It's Monday night. You know what that means? Yeah, me. She, she wasn't straight in because we had the hairy housewife in like about 20 minutes ago pimping their, their YouTube channel. And we had Morty as well from the Morty and Fit Show uh, saying that they'll be uh, keeping an eye on the chat whilst they're recording, which is absolutely amazing. Thank you very much for that. And also... Indeed. Rob in the chat early doors. I think he may have wet the bed uh, to be here. Uh, this better be good, lads. YouTube recommend a time-lapse video of every day of the Spanish Civil War when I search <laughs> for this. When, when oh, you search game wrestling, link me to that, uh, Rob. Send me a DM because I would watch that video. Indeed. Indeed. There we go. Uh, before we get on then, before we crack on with this evening's show, there is the obvious we have to address. Now, as always, I'm, you know, ultra professional and I've prepared absolutely bugger all to say. So please bear with me because it's quite a serious topic. However, I'm going to do my best. Obviously, this week we saw the passing of the longest reigning monarch our, our country, our great country has ever seen. This has affected many, many people in many different ways. You see some people online being, shall we say, assholes about it, which is disgusting behavior. I mean, this is somebody's mum this is somebody's grandmother and so on regardless of you know status and so on so the behavior of those people is not acceptable and will not be accepted here on chain wrestling live also you get those that are i guess you may describe them as royalists or or whatever who are fully invested in the royal family and so on and these people are genuinely devastated i'm far from a royalist myself however it's our queen she has passed away and it is a very sad time. This country, officially, this country is a country in mourning. The, the the situation of us going live tonight, in my mind, was quite tricky. Everything else on SJP World Media has been postponed until tomorrow morning. 
So all the shows since the passing of, of the Queen has been postponed until tomorrow morning. So there's a great deal coming out tomorrow, uh, literally because I, I just thought it was the best thing to do in in, in you know in this in the current situation. Now, Chain Wrestling Live, I did toy with the idea and I messaged Magsy and was like, "Well, what should we do?" Ultimately, it's been a depressing time, whether you're invested in the royal family and that scenario or not all over the news or all over the non-news stations as well this this has dominated and rightfully dominated every media outlet available to you it's all over twitter it's all over facebook it's all over every news channel going now because of that sometimes it's nice to to have a break and that was kind of the motivation behind us continuing to go live this evening that was the motivation behind us going live this evening i have seen other people doing live shows or my wife especially has seen other people doing live shows with regards to their businesses and so on and they have been you've had some idiots uh, cause issues and say they're being disrespectful and so on 100 not the intent of myself magsy chain wrestling or the sjp world media network no disrespect is meant in any way shape or form we are live this evening first of all we are live this evening because it's a distraction to myself it's potentially a distraction to mr mags as well but secondly and most importantly i want this to be a form of light relief and potentially a distraction to this sad time to everyone else out there in the cwf who may be joining us live now or maybe listening to the audio version later in the week so on that note, considering how, well, basically considering how many media outlets are right there, how many YouTube channels there are, how many TV stations there are, how many you know streaming services there are, how many options there are for people, I want to say in this delicate, sensitive, sad time in our country and everywhere else in the world, thank you so, so much for inviting Magsy and I into your homes. Thank you so, so much for joining us here on Chain Wrestling Live. God save the Queen. And hopefully, hopefully we can entertain you for a couple of hours this evening and give you a bit of light relief and uh, some form of entertainment and distraction. Thank you. Absolutely well said. Um, there's not really much more that, that I can add that Simon hasn't covered. I'm pretty much like him. Uh, I'm, I'm not an ardent royalist, but I do uh, appreciate what uh, what uh the the royal family brings to the country and uh, uh and the traditions that 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 we have because of them uh but i can also understand people having issues with the royal family due to uh uh their actions both historical and in 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 recent times but my view is that um there is a time and place for those uh for those um people to air their grievances and right now this is uh, a mother a grandmother a great-grandmother uh, who has passed away and uh, i certainly would um would be very very angry if uh that was my relation somebody was bad mouthing them uh whilst um whilst i was in in mourning so i understand uh people being upset but also there's a time and place for it uh, and as i said um it this this uh, recording me and Sam made the decision to uh, to go ahead with it because we wanted to to give people that kind of um, 
the chance to take the mind away from it. If you are an ardent realist and this has really affected you, this is a this is an outlet for you to maybe uh, switch off from that and have fun at two idiots pretending to talk about wrestling. Uh, or, <laughs> or if you are a very anti-royal, uh, this is going to be uh, a place where the royal family isn't the front and center of the conversation, uh, and we're going to you're going to see two people two idiots talk about wrestling so um yeah the we made that decision to to carry on with the recording because we needed the the breakaway from the all the the rigmarole of, of the of the news and also we felt that um you guys deserve it because you've been there with us from day one um and we want to make sure that we are always here consistently for you guys because we don't want you going over and watching somebody else um so <laughs> as i um uh said uh to to end it um uh the queen is dead long live the king so yeah um thanks to everyone for listening and let's uh let's get on with the ridiculousness viva la raza I got that passion that's lasting long. Los mujeres fall in love with that Latin charm. One woman isn't enough, amigo. Siempre corriendo más mujeres porque soy latino. And I'm tougher than tough, part of your blood, cause I lie, I cheat, I steal. Uh, I lie, I cheat, I steal. Yeah. I don't care if you don't like me. Uh, everybody wants to fight me. Do you feel it, babe? Or you look like Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, an SJP World Media Production, episode 91, with 100 coming fast towards us. Oh, I'm excited, Magsy. I mean, it does mean we're going to have to think of something good to do. We've been talking about it for weeks. We've planned bugger all, but I'm sure we'll come up with something, eh? We'll have a week we off that week. We won't just wing it on the night, will we? That's not our style. <laughs> we, we absolutely <laughs> will. Uh, I am Sai, and with me as always is the day of judgment to Eddie Got Bludgeon. Oh yes, there's a lot of blood in this match. We get to that, it is a sight. The JBL to my bad smell. Mags, honestly, it's so hot up here. I'm sweating, I stink, it is grim. I don't know what's going on this evening really claustrophobic in this little space tonight yeah you were saying just before pre-recording uh you're a bit close i'm a I'm, mm. i can almost feel your breath on my on the back of my neck yeah and you love it a podcaster whose hidden talent involves something that rhymes with party trick and that's why my mrs max doesn't take him out anymore mm. the podfather himself lord max how are we sir Smarty prick, is that? That's that it. What it is? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, it's been a quite um, a relaxed week, I suppose. Um, not as hectic as last week with all the wrestling that we we uh, watched. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's been good. Yourself? Mm. Yeah, all right, mate. Yeah, all right. Not bad, you know. Work and recording and and so on. It's uh, it's been good. It's been good. I've enjoyed it. I had a great time watching some episodes of. Uh, Doctor Who with my youngest Charlie this evening before we went live that that was that was great enjoying that she's got into it through watching an episode that I was recording for the Doctor Who pod and because of that we're sort of watching in order now so it's great that she's into you know getting into it and it's, it's quite exciting she's just seen her first regeneration her first Doctor change so we've watched a couple of episodes with her I suppose second Doctor actor and okay. she has said she said to me 
it's weird having a new doctor. I'm not sure I like it. And it's like, yeah, welcome to our world, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. You've had this before, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, haven't there been like 15 or so doctors? There's been a few. There's been a few. Yeah. But it gets better, trust me. And so, yeah, and there she is mm-hmm. in the chat saying hello there, right there. Hello, Charlie. How you doing? All right. Uh, on that note, Magsy, should we jump in the chat quickly and have a little scan through see who's joined us this evening? Yes, we shall. Uh, like I said, uh, Mort and uh, Fitch from the Mort and uh, Fitch podcast and the Harry Housewife channel are in. Uh, Scottish Danny in the chat. Hey, yo, see the ref Monday, bloody Monday. I mean, I come up for, for context. I come up with all the episode titles, and I think I am a comedy genius with these. Um, so, thanks for that, Danny. Um, Dan Griffin in the chat. Hello, sir. How are you? Uh, Scottish Danny saying to Morty, we're in ro- ruthless aggression heaven today, buddy. Uh, heaven might be a stretch uh, with all the blood, more more like hell. Um, and Morty saying he'll be uh, listening later in the week whilst they they are still recording. Uh, Dan, you may as well listen now um, because uh, you'll get more sense than, uh, out of that than out of Fitch. And, um, for a little bit of context, I actually did a recording with a, a big group of uh, of our podcast uh, community uh, headed by Martin Fitch, where we did uh, the Eurovision of chocolate bars. And uh, it was an experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I almost regret coming back to podcasting because of doing that episode. Oh, dear, dear, dear. But... Definitely give that a listen when it drops. It's absolutely hilarious. And I am sure that Fitch may be a closet racist, but we'll get to that. <laughs> um, Dan, um, we appreciate you go- lads going live on Brighton on Mondays. Thanks for that, Dan. Uh, it, it was a kind of like a nerve wracking decision between me and Sarkos. The last thing we wanted was to generate loads of people like hating us for, for doing it. But then, we didn't want to let you guys down uh, from listening to us uh, being clowns talking about wrestling. So uh, it's, it's good that you've uh, you kind of uh, put our minds at ease with that. Uh, Dan also thinks that you should attempt a hundred shots of beer. Uh, uh, shots of beer? Like, shots of, like, you've muted yourself, sir. I just thought I'd let you know. What a knobhead. Yeah, a hundred shots. I reckon I could do shots of beer. Yeah, I could do a hundred shots of beer. How many points? No, it's, like, it's like about five, five, is six it? pounds. Oh, that's a lunch break. Conan Osaka is in the chat. Hello, sir. How are you? Uh, Rob following up with the Spanish Civil War, watching somebody else. I'm tempted to watch that Spanish Civil War video. I hear Franco was a hell of a promo, <laughs> even if his immune ability was lacking. Amazing. Uh, and then he went and repeated himself. And, and you're saying you're watching a match. From her, the year she was born, do you feel old? Nah. Well, yeah, I feel old, but not because of that. You know, I, I've watched matches from the year I was born. They're even older, you know? But I, I feel old all the time. It's not do with they that. were in black and white, and yeah, <laughs> they were. Them matches were in black and white. They were. Uh, Charlie says she loves the new doctor, um, that she likes him better than the old one. That's good. All right, good. Um, David Tent is ace, uh, Charlie. You're loving bad Dan. Uh, more, you you don't mean it, Mags. You love us, honestly. Yeah, it was a, it was a great fun. I, w- I will say it was absolutely great fun. Uh, great little crew. Um, these bits where Andy admits to fancying cartoon characters, so that's fun to listen out for. Um, Jessica Rabbit, blatantly. Uh, well, no, he thought it was he loved a deer. 
I don't know which deer, but he fancies caramel deer. A, a sexy deer. <laughs> was it was it a deer that sold the caramel? No, that was a rabbit. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Dan said Chocovision is the new definition of clusterfuck. And I am convinced they only did this show to wind me up because what was the majority of the of the, the topic? Bubbly fucking chocolate. Amazing. How much I can't stand it. Um, Mr. Krabs loves your bags, mate, almost as much as we love SJP words. There we go. Oh, a lot of love wow. there. They, they've got good taste and bad taste in one step right there. Look. <laughs> I, I did not going to say which. D- uh, Dan says 100 uh, shots of beer is harder than it sounds, apparently. Uh, okay. One shot of beer <laughs> per minute for 100 minutes, the Iron Man Challenge. That would be a br- good challenge. Uh, check out a previous episode of UTT Podcast where we looked at a match from 1913. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, Rob was born. Uh, and then, <laughs> Charlie, I wonder why you feel old. I wonder why. Oh, that's mean. That's yeah. very mean, Charlie. It's the stress of all you kids. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hey, kids age you. If, you. if you have not got kids, you don't understand how much they age you. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much to everyone who has joined us and messaged in already. Make sure you keep in contact, keep in touch. Let us know your thoughts as we go through the show. Uh, Magsy, first on the agenda, I suppose. Chuck some crap away. The Okay, <laughs> what you got for us, Mags? Right, um, let's talk about Jonathan Reckner. Okay. So, Jonathan Reckner um, started his wrestling career in about 1987. Uh, and by the mid-90s, he'd, uh, he'd, he'd travelled the States and uh, ended up in Smoky Mountain Wrestling uh, underneath Jim Cornette. Started wrestling under the the name of Boo Bradley, um, and late into nineteen ninety five, um, Jim Cornette, who had a, a working relationship with uh, with the WWF Ref at that time, uh, he got a phone call uh, from from Vince uh, saying, "Would uh, Retner be interested in uh, in maybe doing a, a run in the in the WWF? Ref?" Retner was happy to do so. Uh, thought that this was a step up, and finally, after doing almost ten years, he it, this was his shot at the big time. Right. So, we gets to December the seventeenth, nineteen ninety five, uh, and the WWE are putting off on a B pay per view, um, seasons beatings in your house, uh, and we get to uh, a point where Savio Vegas coming out uh, to the ring with uh, Santa Claus, and they're throwing merchandise into the crowd. Then out comes the million-dollar man, uh, giving his his, uh, his normal shtick, everybody's got a price, and he says to Savio, I could buy you if I wanted to. Uh, I could even buy that fat jackass you've got stood behind you. <laughs> so Savo's like, you can't buy me in. So Ted says, come into the ring then if you if you can't and bring jolly old St. Nick with you. So um, Ted DiBiase is there trying to convince uh, Savio that he could buy him and that everybody's got a price. And uh, the Santa is just throwing gifts and merchandise into the crowd. 
And then he turns and Santa Claus whacks Savio Vega with the with the sack of of, of goodies. Oh dear. Santa turns heel. Lays a beating onto Savio Vega. Then Savio, uh, then uh, Santa and Ted DiBiase leave the arena. We get to the Raw the next day, and there's a, a an interview on the Brother Love Show with Ted DiBiase, and he um, he says that Santa is not actually Santa Claus; it's Xanta Claus, and he's not from the North Pole; he's from the South Pole. And he doesn't spend all all day going around the world giving gifts. He goes around and tries to take as many gifts as he can. And he's also the newest member of the Million Dollar dollar Corporation because (laughs) 1996 is going to be the year of the Million Dollar Corporation. We get no showing of Xanta on this episode of Raw but he makes his in-ring debut on a taping that done that day for superstars. And he beats Scotty Too Hotter, who he was known then as Scott, Scott Taylor, a jobber, in 90 seconds. Right. And then that's it. That's the end of Santa Claus in the WWF. Because obviously, around Christmas... It's, it's a, a, a Santa-related character has a very short shelf life. Yeah, well, yeah, you can't have him turning up in August. So, because WWF had hired this uh, this uh, wrestler, um, Jonathan Retner, um, they thought that they they may use him in the future. So they said, "We'll keep you on the payroll, but we'll send you down to uh, some uh, a developmental territory, uh, get you some." Uh, so get you used to wrestling the WWF way. So he gets sent down uh, to um, some a small uh, federation. Uh, not happy about doing it, but there you go. That's how it how it works. Um, then he he starts hearing rumors that uh, he got canned because somebody told the bosses that he was drinking uh, on the job. Essentially, that he was a uh, that he he was drunk whilst uh, attending the tapings, and he heard that it was Vince Russo that that said this. Bro, so he so he gets on the phone to WWF corporate, says I need to speak to to Vince. It's John Reckner. The phone call gets put through to Vince, and John Reckner absolutely starts tearing a strip off off Vince. But it wasn't Vince Russo. Oh was no! Tearing a strip of Vince McMahon. <laughs> so he was then quite rarely released from his contract, uh, and later that year made his way to ECW to a character that you, uh, a gimmick that you are more. Uh, likely to know. Um, he was speaking with uh, Scott Lever, aka Raven, and telling him this story. Uh, and Raven said, You've got some balls to do that to Vince McMahon. And so got his, his new moniker, Balls, because John Reckner really? was the, the hardcore 
chair swinging freak and professional Sar Powell cosplayer Balls Mahoney. Why? I had no, I mean Santa Claus I'm familiar with, but I had no idea that was Balls Mahoney. Look at that. Yeah. So this week's entrance from me. Uh, it ended on a good note, obviously, because he still had a, a, a really good wrestling career out of it and became a, a, a relatively big star. But, yeah, my entrant is John Reckner and his WWF run as Santa Claus. Why? My goodness. Yes. I, like I said, I remember Santa Claus. And obviously, I know Balls Mahoney. I didn't realize it was the same person. That's insane. <laughs> Look at that. You, you don't just get you know informative wrestling chat here. You get an education, Max. Yep, you do from me. And now, exactly. what what two second of a of an entrant have you put forth this week? Two second of an entrant bullshit. I did research this week, mate. I did research. Wow, I did. I actually did. It's about eight o'clock tonight. I did research, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to go back to two thousand and four. So yes, the year Anya was born, as you mentioned in the chat, the same year that the. Uh, match that we're looking at later on on the show took place i would like to have a little look at an incident that happened uh, apparently outside of the wrestling ring but directly affected wrestling in general our united states champion at the time was a very young and quite green john cena so you think you're untouchable word life the doctor of Thugonomics, as he was known. Um, I love that entrance theme as well. That was awesome. And I really liked Cena back in this guy. So, yeah, it was just so ridiculous and Vanilla Ice-esque. You know, good friend of the show, obviously, Vanilla Ice. And uh, <laughs> we, he had a new challenger in the shape of Carlito, who you know, won the United States Championship from John Cena using Cena's own chain and padlock to punch him in the face, knock him out, and he won the United States title. And Cena was, you know, obviously chasing a rematch. However, on this occasion, he didn't get his rematch straight away. He was basically took out a commission medically in a very, very serious way. Uh, what have we got there from Dan Griffin? Sorry, Max, in the chat. <laughs> Max's Hall of Lame entries are like a 16-hour ramen, intricate and lovingly crafted, every detail sumptuous. Then Sar turns up with a pot of noodles. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong, Dan. You're not wrong. Yes, Cena, Cena's rematch was put in jeopardy, was delayed for a long time, may never have happened as well at one point because of the dangers to not only his health, but his actual life. Because Cena was out partying one night, we're told, by good old Jim Ross on commentary. And he was stabbed in the nightclub. An incident happened and John Cena was stabbed in the kidney, no less. In the kidney, Mags. This meant he couldn't compete for a very long time. Eventually, thankfully, Cena recovered, came back and reclaimed his United States title. But in the meantime, we're learning that Cena was stabbed by Jesus who is Carlito's bodyguard. Carlito was apparently in the nightclub, but left before the stabbing happened. So he says. This then led on to Cena beating Carlito for the United States title. And Cena and Jesus actually had a pay-per-view match. I believe it was Armageddon that year. I mean, Scottish Daniel confirmed. The Wrestling Encyclopedia himself will confirm that in the chat, no doubt. But yeah, Cena went over. Uh, Jesus to end this ridiculous storyline. Now, Cena being written off television was done for a reason. He was going away to make a movie. 
no issues with that. These guys go away, make films. They go away, do various different things. That's fine. My issue is, why do we need to have a storyline where somebody is stabbed in a nightclub? Okay, twofold, the reasons why this is ridiculous and going into the Hall of Lame. Okay, one, the fact that he's stabbed in a nightclub and we're Scottish Danny Carlito's bodyguard. Yeah, <laughs> Dan Griffin in the chat there. Two reasons why, to me, it stands out as being ridiculous. One, he's been stabbed. That's bad enough. These the kids watch this program, and you're encouraging this kind of you know you don't, exactly the same as the whole Katie Vick scenario and the Lita Kane demon seed and all that sort of nonsense. People, you're tuning in to watch a wrestling program. You don't need that kind of nonsense, okay? And two, even if you go down the road of kayfabe and buying into the storyline, Cena's been stabbed. The police aren't involved. Nobody's questioning anybody. <laughs> And rather than, you know, pursue the, the the case and chase the police up, Mr. Cena decides, no, 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 I'm going to go and wrestle them instead. Because if I can pin their shoulders to the mat for three seconds, that's worse than 25 years in prison for trying to kill me in a nightclub. So the whole ridiculousness of Cena being stabbed to write him off, to write him off television, the Jesus character in general, and that whole scenario is my entrance into the Hall of Lane this week, Maxi. It's a great entrant. Uh, one I've not actually even considered, but yeah, that was ridiculous. And it, Cena must be the only person I've ever heard of who gets stabbed in the kidney but has no scar tissue whatsoever. It's like it never happened. Mm, just regenerates, mate, doesn't he? Just like, he's <laughs> <laughs> the doctor. He is yeah. the doctor. Dr. Like, Cena. Like the bad guy Terminator, where it just goes, and he's, he's all right again. Mm. T-1000. Oh, man. So those are your entrants into this week's Chain Wrestling Live Hall of Lane. We have Xanta Claus and Balls Mahoney's run in the WWF as that character. And John Cena getting stabbed and all that bollocks. Ah, dear. It's not a good look, Max, is it? It's not a good look. It's brilliant. Brilliant. (laughs) I mean, the Santa Claus stuff, when I when I was, like, looking up, um, because there's not a lot of meat on the bone when you when you actually look at the, the character of Santa Claus. And if it wasn't for, for the fact it ended up being Bald Mahoney dropping in the lap, it, it's, I think it's something I would have just kind of, like, give up on because it's almost like WWF realised that this wasn't going to be a good gimmick after just giving him one match and one kind of segment uh, uh, pay-per-view. But yeah, uh, for the whole backstory of it, yeah, that that needed to go in. Just insane. Just It's amazing how much crap that we suffer through as wrestling fans, isn't it? Eh? Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, before we get to our non-wrestling topic, should we have a quick dive into the chat once again, Max? Do you see if there's anything there for us before we carry on? Um, so Dan is saying, oh God, why do I remember boo bradley's name maybe you remember it from the band there was a band called boo rad the boo radleys you'll you'll remember them sir i would assume wake up boo i think it was this that's the one wake yeah up, it's a beautiful morning um santa claus was actually scott demore according to dan uh and he says okay. everyone is scott demore <laughs> it, it wasn't scott demore it was definitely uh balls mahoney um uh, Cam saying the evening CWF uh, can confirm 100 shots in 100 minutes. Uh, one second. Maxie just coughing his guts up there. Look. <laughs> Every Max, week. Right? 
I never cough or I very barely cough. I come on this show and I cough in my ringle. <laughs> so anyway, we'll start again with Cam. He says, even CWF can confirm 100 shots in 100 minutes. The Centurion as eight knows it is harder than you think. Okay. Well, I mean, to me, I'm intrigued now because 100 shots of beer. I'm intrigued because if you've got a minute between each one and it's only literally a mouthful of beer, I'm intrigued. Just let's leave it at that, shall we? Yeah. I mean, it's, it'll be under advisement for the 100th episode. Oh, wait, hang on. I didn't say that. <laughs> Anya is saying, not Scotty too hotter. Yes, it was. It was actually Scott Taylor, and he had a mullet as well. Um, nice. Yeah, and Xanta uh, Closer's finishing move was, was the, I'm sure it was just a camel clutch. Nothing wrong with a camel clutch, mate. No, no absolutely not. But uh, there was clearly no thought into it. Um, nah. uh, Dan Griffin says that uh, John uh, Jonathan Redman is a Scott Demore lookalike. Yeah, I mean, the, there is a lot of wrestlers that look like Scott Demore and Jonathan Redman, to be fair. Rob saying in December 1995, he's not sure how the editor of the magazine could have got anyone on the roster fight. Listen, don't you rib Vic, Vic Vegas's uh, or Vinnie Vegas's uh, influence over the company. And then we've got uh, Dan, who uh, we mentioned earlier, saying uh, Mags's Hall of Lame uh, entries are like a 16-hour ramen, intricate and lovely uh, crafted, every detail sumptuous. And then Sarah rocks up with a pot noodle. Uh, and Sharon like says, do you have to do one a minute or do you have 100 minutes to complete it? No, well, that's I, interesting. I think it should be Royal Rumble style. Uh, what, countdown? Uh, glug. Yeah. Oh, it's a shot again. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that in the in Raw? It's shot Cena. Do, 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 do. Glug. Do, 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 do. Glug. <laughs> oh great stuff yeah if anyone can answer Sharon in the chat there you know is that what, what is the criteria that meets this I'm, I'm intrigued now i really am ah magsy shall we uh check out our non-wrestling topic then bud let's do it nwt time oh no wrestling talk here it's the non-wrestling topic lovely nice lovely nice oh lovely lovely that awesome. is grim that end is. is absolutely grim it is i gotta redo that though because my little girl doesn't like it so She's like, i can't believe you use that thing of me on your show so it's been so, on the audio version for so long. <laughs> before we get there, Dan says it has to be one per minute. And then uh, Charlie says probably uh, 100 minutes complete, but it's 100 shots. So a minute a shot. Yeah. So even even Charlie can work it out. So that's how it has to go. Stop looking for loopholes. It's one a minute. Right. Thank you for uh, clearing that up, my 12-year-old daughter. One that's of amazing. the hardest things <laughs> in all of the shot glasses full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i bet <laughs> oh there we go okie doke our non-wrestling topic this week was uh covering i suppose party tricks um useless talents that people have and so on and we got quite a few very very useless talents magsy didn't we there's, there's some stuff here i'm looking at and i'm thinking some, first of all, this was a bad topic to put forward um, I'm thinking, because, how do people discover they can do some of these things? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, there's some grim, 
looking talents. Mm. Yeah, I'm just, I regret putting this forward. Well, there we go. Let's see what we. Well, first of all, we'll get Sar leaving the show. Um, he's that angry. Uh, it's because his talent is having terrible internet, I suppose. Um, but let's uh, let's get into it. So, luckily, I don't have to follow his uh, his ridiculous uh, um, rule of skipping all the way through. I can just go through him at my leisure. So, first talent is. Andy from Bang Bang Podcast. He says he can balance things on top of his head. Uh, I've done a tray of drinks before, a small fire extinguisher, a china teapot, and whilst in India, a small fish tank. Whilst drunk, don't ask. Uh, hmm, so Sar did ask, how small of a fish tank? Uh, now, I know Andy, and he doesn't look like he's got the kind of head that could balance things. It's very round, like a like an orange. Very Carl Pilkin today. So yeah, that's uh, an interesting one. So then we go to Steve O. Steve O said, "I've answered uh, like this before. A subject that I just have n- uh, nothing for, uh, but a talent, if you can call it that, is doing the odd impression. Uh, my main one is Booker T, and I love." doing Bookering It Better for the UTT podcast, literally improvising about the most random wrestling moment. Um, yeah, uh, Steve was uh, Bookering It Better is probably the best part of the UTT podcast, to be fair. Um, don't listen to any of the rest of it. Just listen to, to Steve Oz. Uh, but yeah, it, it is uh, really fun. Um, oh, we've got him back. I think. There we go. Hello. Oh. Internet Uh-oh. issues? I don't know, mate. It says I've still got internet, but I'm on my phone now. I'm on my phone's internet now, so hopefully that'll carry on. It might get a bit laggy, and I apologise if that's the case. But uh, Sharon, if you are downstairs, could you reboot the Wi-Fi for me, potentially? See what that happens. See what if that clears anything up. But yeah, hopefully this will be okay, using my mobile internet here, Maxi. That's no problem. So I've covered Andy's uh, talent of balancing things on his very round head uh but dan says the camera angle lars we used andy as a drinks table <laughs> Brilliant. um and then we have just covered steve also uh that's uh two you can pick up the rest if you if you wish yeah okay no problem um i'll go through them in the order they arrived into me magsy so that's gonna be completely Brilliant. different to what you've got there <laughs> or do you want to just carry on going down the list no no we'll we'll do it your way Okie doke. Uh, Millwall Chris at Millwall Chris one Brilliant. on Twitter. Straight away. <laughs> uh, but I keep saying that we'll figure out another way of doing this, and you just go, no, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. I like to complain. Okay. Well, crack on. You're good at it. Um, <laughs> uh, Millwall Chris says a Millwall coach for his party trick would sit on top of a wardrobe and shit into a paper cup on the floor. I mean, that's good aim. It is. But, but the best thing is the conversation that, that that you had with him after this revelation. Right. <laughs> so you said a, a Millwall coach in in uh, in speech marks, meaning a Millwall fan called Chris. Yes. <laughs> and Chris says, no, he was called Steve Harrison, a.k.a. Chris Hamilton. And then he... He had to pony up evidence that it wasn't him. So you basically <laughs> made home 
have to prove he wasn't the the wardrobe shitter. The wardrobe shitter. That's the worst superhero ever. <laughs> Just have a brown cape. <laughs> but brown at the bottom, where it's like yeah. Just rolled in it, Ugh. made a toilet paper or something. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, MGB Graham at MGB Graham on Twitter says that Dan Griffin is good at making beer disappear. Apparently, I've been a witness to this. Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. So there I we go. So. And then Dan Griffin himself said, "Well, at Dan Griffin twenty one on Twitter, he says if I'm drunk and or sweaty enough, I can attach or balance a ridiculous array of things to my forehead." Seems to be a lot of people sticking stuff on their bonces, Magsy. Yeah. Wrestling fans and alcohol, it's not a good mix at all, is it? I don't know. It it makes for idiots. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I fit in. (laughs) (laughs) Dan Griffin also says in his first year of uni, he got dubbed the sump by one of the bartenders at his local, given the amount of liquid he could absorb. (laughs) That word threw me when he said absorb like mm. he doesn't have to even drink it just like a like a sponge or a or yeah. a, a chamois lever just touch it and yeah, just pours it on his leg as he sat on the bar stool and it just disappears into himself yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah <laughs> just dips his finger in everyone's pan and like slurps it up that's it i said to dan though it you know we need a couple of examples of, as to what he can stick to his onto his head and Dan said, if I'm that drunk, do you really think I'm capable of selfies? But if you must know, I once managed seven tablespoons at once. Enough beer mats to look like a helmet and a folded newspaper, but it unfolded quite quickly. <laughs> I'm assuming not all at the same time. <laughs> but that's seven tablespoons. Seven. Yeah. That, that that would have got you on like you bet back in the day. Mm. Oh, you bet. Bloody hell. That got did he end up being a nonce, that fella? Or did he get like got found not guilty? Accused. Didn't he? I think yeah. accused of noncery, but he, he wasn't proven to, to nonce. Wasn't proven to an unproven nonce, is that what we're saying? I'm not I'm <laughs> saying I'm not saying that either. No. Matthew Kelly, please do not sue us. We're not saying that at all. <laughs> There's no evidence or anything like that. To, anyway, let's move on, Magazine, before we're cancelled. Naughty naughty. Uh, Danny at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter. He says, I can move my ears independently. Why? Okay. Apparently only 10 to 20% of humans can do this. I use it to break the ice at parties or gatherings as it always Jesus gets apart. wept. <laughs> Jesus. That's so his <laughs> And then he stabs you. Yeah, that's it. I mean, what does he mean, though, break the ice at parties? Does he mean it's really quiet, everyone's a bit awkward, hey, everyone one ear. Look at my ears, or does he mean he uses it to break ice at parties? They've got a big block of ice, and he just literally whips it with his earlobes and it just smashes into bits. Which one is it? It probably knowing Danny both, but how do you discover? <laughs> how do you discover this this talent? Yeah, do you just sit there one day and sort of try and wait a minute? One ear moved, <laughs> and then the other one did. Let me just. <laughs> <laughs> in front of the mirror like you're filming yourself it, it, it is it is right isn't it one's moving and one's not i mean he might uh, he might do it to the 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 kind of stripper theme where you where guys who can like uh move their pecs and they go duh, 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 duh. he might do it with his ears like duh, 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 duh. We, we want that danny in the chat we need we the video that. of that for next week's episode 
yeah, we want that to be done. Just just move your ears, loads. Send it to me. I'll add the music. I won't. Stitch you up, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at five nerds go on Twitter. They say I can pull hairs out of my body without feeling any pain. Does that count? I'm not sure if that's really a party trick. I mean, I mean if anything, that's probably going to empty a room. If you just walk up to people now, and start pulling hairs out of yourself, it's. I'd like to know if Matt has has he's whether he's done it from from like uh, for a long time and he's he's got impervious to the pain like he's he's learnt to just like ignore the pain or if it's actually he have, feels no pain from from pulling hairs out because if that were the case I'd want to test it see what how far that limit could go off to what pain I couldn't feel or if it's if he's just learnt it by pulling hairs out and then his body's got so used to it, he's built up a tolerance. Yeah, so you need mm. to expand on that, Matt. Which, again, then arises a secondary question. If he's just built up an intolerance, the first few times he did it, it hurt. Why did he carry on? <laughs> Some people like the pain. This is true. This is true. Ah, dear. Emerald Hills at Turd Ferguson on Twitter. I can do both hands, but oh, I'm sorry. I missed one there. Basically, this person can double their fingers over in a really strange way. That, it looks scary. It does. It does. They say in the in the picture that they sent us, which obviously you can see on the on the screen there, on the live version, on the uh, audio version. Yeah, kind of stuck, kind of happy with that. Uh, he says, can do both hands, but can't take a photo then, which, yeah, I suppose. But that is, that doesn't look like that's, that person's fingers does it that looks like that's somebody else's hand it looks like that would have to be done from if i were to attempt that i need both hands to mm. to to do that that they so essentially she's folded the uh one finger over the next one then over the next one so it's almost like a concertina of her fingers all over a uh, all over her hand it's it's very free it's horror film looking it is indeed it is indeed. Again, how do you learn you can do that? No idea. But unlearn it. Unlearn yeah. it quickly. Don't do it anymore. Uh, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> Cam at CamGriff92 on Twitter. Uh, he says here, he had a few back in the day due to being a flexible little bastard. He could skip with his arms. Now, that is something that I'd like to see. That'd be awesome. Like, like an orangutan. Do they skip with their arms? No, but they have really long arms, and they, if you watch the Jungle Book, I mean, I know okay. it's a cartoon. So the cartoon they... monkey can do it, so that's what you're basing <laughs> yeah. this on, yeah? <laughs> yes, exactly. So real-life <laughs> monkeys must be able to do it. And actually, an orangutan is not a monkey, it is an ape. Is there a difference, is there? Yeah, they're, they're not the same. They're apes. Oh. Oh, I just thought it was just another word for them. No. Apes, monkeys, and all that. No. Ah, okay. And, and he's confirming it exactly like an orangutan. So I was correct. So yeah, you, you were thinking of a, me. You were thinking of a cartoon, mate. You weren't thinking yeah, of a real orangutan. Yeah. Don't skip, surely. I, I've been to Blackpool Zoo and I've seen one wanking. So. Right. Okay. To skip. Not, you don't not quite sure how we've got there from <laughs> skipping, but. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. Um, 
Uh, Cam says, yes, skip with my arms. So go from behind my back to the front, over my head, without letting go of my hands. He can lick his own elbow. He could touch his right ear with his right hand, but around my head. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. I was thinking, well, I can touch my... I can touch my right ear and my right hand, yeah. Like so all the in. way around like your face and then Are your bones just made of jelly. <laughs> yeah, or elastic. <sighs> yeah, are you like you know, stretch armstrong or like inspector gadget or something. <laughs> <laughs> he is a crafty orangutan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> The worst one, Cam continues. The worst one I've seen, however, is from a former rugby teammate. Said teammate would proceed to insert a biro or cylindrical pen down his little teammate, he says here. He would then bet an unknowing person a tenner they couldn't hold it between their lip and their nose for ten seconds. Oh, dear. Oh, you're going to be as rude as you like with me. So you basically got a penis pen on your face. So, But did he remove, did he put the pen, I'm assuming up, up the... The one our well, trouser snake. I I and, read that. And as then pull it going, out. Yeah. And then give it to the pen. Or here, put my uh penis filled my pen filled penis between <laughs> your lip and your nose for ten seconds. <laughs> I don't I'm, I don't think he would have just, like, popped a pen in there and then just gone, stick this on your face. I'm certain he must have removed the pen to say, because obviously they then are unaware that this is covered in his, you know, schlong mozzits, you know, and he's he's st- <laughs> and he's sticking it on the top lip and nose. The th- uh, but you'd think it also they would be able to hold it there because it would stick. Oh, dude, it's going to cord. And oh, then stretch out that's very stringy. We got we got Charlie in the chat here saying, by the way, I have to go soon so I can do we're my homework. Buggers. Charlie, with how this this last two minutes has taken a terrible turn, I, I recommend you do go and do your homework. You're too young to be hearing some of this yeah. stuff. I'll tell you. And, and so also sorry, it's Charlie. ten to ten at night. Why haven't you done your homework already? Come on, Charlie. Oh well actually yeah, I do know why. She was watching Doctor Who with me, weren't she? So- <laughs> yeah. <sure. laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's your fault. Yeah. So you should write her a note for t- for tomorrow and say, Charlie has not done her homework because she was busy watching Doctor Who. Was fair me. enough. Sharon wouldn't yeah. sign off on it though. I don't think. <laughs> I'd end up in big. The big good thing with writing notes is that you don't need to tell her. <laughs> <laughs> She's watching now. <laughs> oh. You've got all the spy capabilities of I don't know <laughs> a penis pen. Um, <laughs> at pigs bladders on Twitter. This is another bendy issue here. I can bend the tip of my little finger without bending the middle knuckle. And there's another picture as well. Uh, okay. I mean, I'm trying to do it now, but I can't do that. No. The wife can do it with do every single finger. The wife can do yeah? that with every single finger. Obviously not the thumbs, but with every mm. finger. It is very weird. She does it as well, and she'll bend it so it touches my nose, and it, it really creeps me out. Like, that is, yeah, yeah, that ain't good. That's that again. That's like alien shit, isn't it? When you see in the films, like, nah, and, you know. And she she can also put take off and put on pairs of socks with, with just a feet. Put uh, and taking socks off, that's tricky. But I reckon I could probably maybe manage it. But putting socks on just with your feet, yep. You can do that. I, I mean, 
I was gonna say that's impressive. I don't really see the purpose of it, but again, I suppose it's a skill. I, I mean, guess. if you if you've got your hands full, but you need to put some socks on. Well, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> or if you've got your hands full and you need to take a sock off for for anything. whatever reason. Yeah. yeah, no, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Uh, James at eighties and nineties wrestling on Twitter. Snooker trick shots. Growing up, was always playing snooker, but when the game got boring, me and my mates would make up some mental trick shots. Our snooker tables are now like rocking horse shit to find. Pool trick shots are more of the thing. Okay. I, I follow a couple on you know Twitter and so on who just do crazy trick shots on pool tables and that sort of stuff. And I'm I wish I could be I wish I could do something like that. That's impressive. You know, Maxie? Yeah, it is. Um I've uh on my YouTube feed I've I've had a lot of uh snooker turn up over the last couple of months i don't know why not it's not really a, a sport i massively follow on uh but yeah there's some uh some of the shots that professionals pull off and just they defy physics um so if you can set up your own and and, and design them that's that's that is really is a, a talent yeah without a doubt without a doubt uh steve-o at total steve-o on twitter he Oh, have we? Oh, yes, of course. I, you do. I, so, I literally told you that. Yeah. All oh, right, mate. Bloody hell! I'm a very busy man. I'm trying to watch the chat. I'm trying to make sure you're not screwing things up on screen. It's difficult for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolute bullshit. Magsy watches the chat. I don't do anything on screen. <laughs> I still got it wrong. Uh, at Savage Etika on Twitter, an oh, AW Stroke New Japan Wrestling fan, Nick. It says here. I can twist my feet backwards. So we're all the way back. So that, that is weird. But also, mm. think of the fun you could have with that by twisting your feet backwards and then putting your trousers on backwards and stuff like that, and just pretending your whole body's like gone the wrong way or something. That, yeah, things like that really freak me out. Like when people can like twist their hands all the way around or, or um, you can see people who can essentially fold the leg in half. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah not nice. <laughs> uh, at UTT Rob our good buddy from the UTT podcast and UTT Tank podcast and all that great content that you need to go and check out every week Definitely. Uh, Rob says I can read upside down text as fast as the right way up brilliant Tank. okay I mean have your time it's just yeah, talent. It, it, it is a, a talent yeah and he also said he didn't realise the sock thing was a skill but he can also do that Ah, okay. Well, there we go. What, what is the sock thing? Does he mean putting a know. pair of socks on? Ah, because he, he replied a minute ago, he may be talking about putting on and taking off his socks with his feet. Oh, ah, brilliant. okay. See, I've not got access to the live Twitter, look, mate. I'm not. Hang on. No, I've got, got front, I, I've, I've got it in front of me, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, at Rain Counter, our good friend Paul Tolly. Always brilliant to hear from you, Tolly. Fantastic stuff, mate. And he says, My only party trick is being able to avoid all conversation whilst remaining just visible enough for people to confirm I was indeed there. I feel <laughs> that vibe. That's brilliant because that's also how he did podcasts for a long, long time. Um, by being a face on the podcast and doing <laughs> none of the podcasting, but no, uh. I love Paul. Paul's amazing. Um, yeah. So definitely go and give him a follow. Um, yeah. 
he's a he's a superstar we want to hear more of your voice as well tolly you know you're always welcome mm-hmm. on any shows on the network or anything like that well that's too a stretch too far okay you're welcome on some <laughs> of the shows on the network <laughs> he's more than welcome to do a chair uh chair wrestling running more than welcome at Radio Tackers, our good friends there. I can't wait for you boys to come back and start covering the football for us once again. Uh, this would have been Tanner, and he says, I can clap with my feet. Now, when I read that, I thought, well, that can't be that difficult. So I was sat on my computer chair at the time downstairs at my desk. I knew you would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you are you are the typical person where they read something and they have to attempt it. I needed to know, and if I if I didn't try, I'd be really like you know it, it would bug me until I did try. So I, I you know a little you wheelie it? chair, yeah, I turned it right, I turned my chair around, got a bit of space, brought my legs out, tried, and I managed like two before you know basically I couldn't keep my legs so up anymore because I'm fat and out of shape. You you couldn't do like a round of applause. No, I couldn't. No, so but I'm assuming clap, that's what so I mean. That much, I mean. It may not, he may have only been able to do two. So as as it stands, if Sar can do it, it's not really that much of a talent. So you've uh, yeah you've kind of misunderstood <laughs> the 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 assignment there, Tanner. But yeah, we need again video evidence that you are uh, mean a, a full like, round of applause. Mm, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Griffin, I'm sat in my chair trying it now, and I can't do it. Brilliant, just like you, you just like you. Where that when you read, or uh, if you're uh, f- uh, the space between your finger and your uh, and your thumb is means how big your penis is, and you are the guys that would measure straight away. Have you never done that? I'm I'm saying that if you read that on a website or on a right. on a tweet on a tweet, you'd be the kind of person who'd do it and then on the next sentence go, You have just checked it, haven't you? And you'd be like, Yes, I have. Well, not necessarily not if I'm I don't know, if I'm sat on the bus, I'm not gonna sort of just do it straight away, am I? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I don't I think you may, to be fair. Well I'm not no, saying you'd lob the, Yeah, I'm not saying you'd lob it out, but you'd definitely like, hmm. If I push right in, <laughs> if I push right inwards, then yeah. Uh, my wife in the chat there saying she can do it. So, okay. Well, I hope she meant clapping with her feet and not measuring. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or else your whole marriage has been a sham. Oh, so many secrets. So many- <laughs> <laughs> brilliant <laughs> oh dear ah uh, we have here chris at 82 not underscore chris and this ends up in a little bit of a conversation between chris and dan griffin as well because chris says he can make his eyes fart so i was like okay uh dan griffin responded he can make his ear fart but eyes fucking hell uh, Dan says, "Yeah, you can put his hand over his ear and make a squeaky fart noise yeah, with the air I think Everyone can do that, yeah. But then, obviously, it's not going to work right here. But Chris did send us a clip of him making his eyes fart. You can see it there. Oh, you can hear it. <laughs> and, and again, just to make sure you know, that that is horrific." 
Chris making his eye fart. Amazing. We need to sample that, and I'm going to use that on a jingle somewhere in the show. Eye <laughs> <laughs> fart of the week. <laughs> uh, you say we've covered Andy from Bang Bang Magazine? We have, yes. In that case, my and friend. And his very square head. His very square head, that is true. In that case, I only have one left from WhatsApp that was sent five minutes before the show began from charlie and she says she can do a weird thing with her tongue and turn it into the shape of a clover so yeah well, I've, I've seen people who can do like, that well uh-huh. uh-huh. well i've seen people where they can make it like wibbly wobbly and look like a, a wave and stuff like that yeah that's that's I weird as well that. charlie i can't do that that actually hurt a bit doing that to be fair that was very arousing well, on how I have that effect on people, Max. Well, I have that effect on you. I don't know about people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've got a very special kind of relationship here on Shane Wrestling Life. <laughs> That's all I got, Magsy, from uh, Twitter, Facebook, and everywhere else. Do you want? I say Twitter, I say Facebook. No one's ever mentioned on Facebook, but Charlie, Charlie I'm chat. doing it now. Brilliant. Ah, okay. Then stop doing it. Yeah, you should be doing your homework. You told us you were going to go do your homework. <laughs> Cam looked away from the screen and I thought that was audio of a CWF crafter. Yeah, done by an orangutan. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Sharon in the chat there as well saying to Charlie, go and show everyone, Bubba. Yeah, Charlie, if you want to come up to where I'm where I'm recording, stick your head in next to me, come on the camera, show everyone that. You crack on, all right? You're welcome. And she says why. So I don't think she's coming. Um <laughs> Max, we got anything else in the chat uh, or anything you have yourself with regards to hidden talents or whatnot? Yeah, I, I I was trying to like think of something. I don't think I have many hidden weird talents apart from I can listen to audio at ridiculous speeds and still be able to to make sense of of what's going on. Um, so the podcast app that I use goes up to five times the speed and that's what I play all my audio at. It's, it's just the best YouTube. I will have it on their fastest, which I think is two X. Um, but I have been tested quite a few times with it. Uh, Rob, uh, and Dan from UTT, uh, podcast, they did a recording in, uh, 10 times the speed so that when I played it at five times the speed, it was actually 50 times the speed and i was still able to pick out little bits of that information that's obviously i couldn't i couldn't hear it all i think i ended up uh, turning the speed down to maybe like two and a half or something like that but yeah that's my talent that i can listen to audio at ridiculous speeds it blows my mind. It really does. I, I can't get my head around it because there's been times when you've mentioned that to me you know, way, way, way back, or you've even sent me a screenshot of something you're listening to. And it, I notice on there, it says times five or whatever. I try and go a bit faster. For example, edit, editing wise, I got a lot of shows that I edit every week. And I thought, well, if I can just speed them up a little bit to edit, that saves me some time, doesn't it? Can't do it, mate. I bumped it up to like 1.5 and I was like, nope, can't do that. And so I'm assuming you still edit in Audacity. Yes. Now Audacity goes up to three X. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't edit in lower than like two and a half X. I can. I can, I can't get my head around that. That blows my mind. 
if I if I do it, if I listen to some uh, podcast at normal speed or edit it at normal speed, man, I'd get distracted. My mind <laughs> wanders and I'm like off doing other things. So I it it kind of keeps me focused and concentrated on it. I suppose. Why? Well, plus, I, I can't do it. Plus, I can listen to like five days worth of podcasts in in one. Oh, I, see, I'd be so worried about missing something, you know? Yeah, but, but it's a podcast. What, what if you did yeah. miss? I mean, does it really matter if you miss anything? It's just a podcast. Of course it does. You're playing something like Chain Wrestling Live back, you need to listen to every word because, you know, it's, I mean, it's that, high obviously highbrow entertainment. Well, I don't listen to Chain Wrestling Live back because... <laughs> I, I get I get trauma from being in the lab. I don't want to revisit that trauma every single week. Um, That's fair enough, mate. That's fair enough. So we're going back through the chat. Um, Dan says uh, it's what he's known as thirsty skin. So he's he says that he does absorb rather than drink a lot of liquid. Uh, Cam confirming that uh, the arm skipping looked more like one of the deaths. On the last season of Stranger Things means nothing to me because I've not watched not a seen single it. episode. Hardest oh, point to anyone, but I've not seen it. Yeah, shock. <laughs> he says that he's he can touch his right ear all the way around his face, which you must have massive, massive, like super long arms to be able to skip and reach all the way around your face. You must have Peter Crouch arms or Titus O'Neil. His arms are really long, aren't they? Like too long for his body. Are they, are they? I don't know. I've never. I can't yeah. even notice. Yeah, Titus O'Neil's a really odd shape, man. Yeah. That's probably why he fell over. Uh, he was like, <laughs> yeah, his arms just took his centre of uh, gravity <laughs> off. <laughs> um, and Dan says, "And you lot thought I was the weird one? No, I think you may still be the weird one. Uh, you can't spell penis without pen." And Cam said, "You couldn't stop watching penis." Yeah, even it was fascinating, and it was never confirmed that it had been a penis pen. He also used to pour wax on on it as well. I hope he poured wax on the pen and not what he inserted the pen no, into. No, I think he's but, saying he used to pour hot wax on his I, knob, mate. I'm, I, I get that, uh, and that's mm. worrying, very, very worrying. Um, and Charlie says she didn't do all work because she was watching Doctor and then had to have a shower and now he's watching you so she's got perfect excuse why she didn't do a homework yeah i'm all right with that so and sharon says she has access to the girls school records and activities so she knows so you can't even get away with giving a sly letter none of this don't tell your mum stuff because she knows everything <laughs> yeah exactly exactly dan trying to find out who the 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 random penis pen guy is and cam not giving uh, not giving up the information. Now let's get back to some more skills. Anya says uh, both of her thumbs are double jointed, if that counts. Yeah, absolutely, it counts. If you can bend yep. it the opposite way. Uh, Sharon says <laughs> Liv, Liv can make her knee bend the wrong way. I can. I did that once and uh, ended up in traction for months and I now have a leg that is, uh, is held together with hopes and dreams. So I can bend my knee the wrong way as well. Not really a part of it, though. She can only do it because of her tone ligament. There you go. See? So yeah. a lifetime of, of injury leads to her just being able to bend her knee the wrong way. Brilliant. <laughs> Sharon can, uh, confirming that she can do the, the foot clapping thing. 
and that when she read about the fun and thing of things, she went around half having everyone that night. Brilliant. That's Dan says, uh, it sounds like an Apple product, the half art. Uh, literally i thought yeah charlie is doing it now i assume the 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 tongue thing so come on charlie uh show us the 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 tongue skill uh you uh your mum is basically trying to peer pressure into doing it so you might as well might as well uh, then we have mags has the flashes lugs <laughs> yeah it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous Honestly, and I, I, that was another thing where kind of like I said about uh, Matt from Five Nerds Go, I built up a tolerance to it. I started at one, like everybody does, and then the amount of podcasts I was listening to, I thought I'll speed this up a little bit, built it up 1.5 to 2.5, all the way up to, to five. Um, so, and and Cam says, actually, that's so impressive. I struggle normally. I'm hoping you're meaning about the hearing or, um, or are you on about SARS? editing mm. <laughs> yeah i uh, fucked up last and, week didn't i <laughs> and he says uh cam cam says his his limbs uh are average length just very very bendy uh, joints and then um rob says damn the amount of smoke say he's smoking is he smoking a, a hookah uh, yeah are you on the wacky tobacco sir i am not mate i am not i'm on a lovely banana vape delicious one eat five a day indeed. as well <laughs> and Charlie said she's too busy to come and show us a weird alien tongue uh, because she's colouring in uh, ho- uh, homework in rainbow. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. yeah so enough. stop distracting her from her own work, Dad. She's not going to show the CWF her wacky tongue. She's got homework to do. Yeah, Sharon, stop pressuring her. Um, <laughs> Maxie, I've got no hidden talents whatsoever. I wrap my brains, wrap my brains, and I've got no party tricks, no hidden talents, nothing. I mean, I'm not surprised. Awesome. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> pretty talentless. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, mate. Pretty much. Uh, so on that note, I want to say thank you to everyone who sent in their hidden talents, their party tricks, their useless things they can do. Uh, as always, this show does not exist without you. So it's been fantastic getting them all in and everyone in the chat as well. But I suppose, Magsy, as the T-shirt says, I don't know if anyone can make this out. We are a wrestling podcast so we should probably talk a little bit of wrestling uh, let's get ready to rumble! magsy you won the poll again you're on a roll mate uh, no how many is that now uh, in a row it must be four five maybe yeah. um, I'm going to have mental breakdowns more often because it's it's good for the sympathy vote. <laughs> I'm going to have mental breakdowns more often so I can win a poll on Twitter. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the match that you selected, Magsy, that won the poll quite handsomely as well. It wasn't even close. The match well, that won. Your was pick the main... was shit, that's why. Eh? Your pick was My... shit, that's why. It was not. My pick was very, very good. And we will revisit that because, well, I might even watch it tonight. Sod the rest of you. Fuck y'all. I'm watching this I'm gonna w- I didn't win. <laughs> I'm going to watch Shawn Michaels, John Cena on my own later anyway. You lot can just kiss my ass. Um, but, Steve, 
you know, carry on watching and subscribing and all that good stuff. Um, the, <laughs> the main event of Judgment Day 2004 from May the 16th, 2004, the Staples Center, Los Angeles. John Bradshaw Layfield in his relatively new heel gimmick of the successful stock exchange guy uh, mm-hmm. against the WWE champion Eddie Guerrero in his first and I believe only world title reign he had before his obviously you know, very sad passing far, far, far too early. Max, when was the last time you watched this back uh, aside from for the podcast? Is it one that you revisit a lot or? No, it's uh, be- the it's something I think I've only watched maybe the one time. The 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 watching it w- when it happened. Um, it's now a match that I've gone back and and watched multiple times. Uh, I regret it now because there was a hell of a lot of blood in this match, and yeah, it's, it was, uh, it was uh, for me. I thought it was a, a a fun match. I enjoyed it. Charlie in the chat there, Shane. She is actually going to go and do her homework now. So, and then like Charlie, love you. To get your homework done, and I'll see you tomorrow. Yep. Okay, there we go. Yeah, there was an insane amount of blood, which obviously we will come to when it happens. But also the build-up to this match, it's weird because watching it now in in 2022, I remember there being quite strong sort of racial overtones or under whatever to, to the build-up with regards to jbl basically being relatively racist towards you know, mexican people and this, this mexican stereotypes and so on mm-hmm. but it wasn't until i watched it back today and saw the build-up and certain clips that i realized exactly and, and his pre-match promo as well exactly how close to the line well maybe not even close to the line is stepping over the line he actually got it was quite uncomfortable at times max wasn't it yeah, uh, and this is the the beginning of that feud as well. It gets uh, it gets much much worse. So um, essentially, the build up to this feud was um, Eddie celebrating. I think it was in a house show with his family, um, and John comes to the ring, as you said, in in the relatively new uh, millionaire John uh, John Bradshaw Layfield uh, gimmick, and he um, he essentially. Um, scares uh, Eddie Guerrero's mum, uh, who has a heart attack. Uh, and according to Bruce Pritchard on, on uh, something to wrestle, she actually did have a, a genuine yeah. heart attack as well. It was only a, a mild one. Um, but yeah, th- this got very xenophobic very, very quickly. Um, there's, um, I think Brad uh, Bradshaw talks about firing his Mexican house cleaner, so he can, uh, when he wins the match, he can hire Eddie's mum as the as as his house cleaner. Yeah, it gets a uh, very very um, it gets very tense. I mean, later on in the feud, he goes to the the Mexican America border and and chases off people who've uh, swam across the the Rio Grande to to get into Mexico. It gets pretty pretty grim. Mm, it does. It does. I mean, the whole Eddie Guerrero's mum having a heart attack thing. Obviously, that was scripted but she ended up having a heart attack anyway, a real one. <laughs> yeah. Now that's just, that's just unfortunate, isn't it? That's bad timing. You know, <laughs> I, wonder how long it, I wonder how long it took people to realize that she wasn't working. And this is like legit, you know? Yeah. Every, everyone applauding her afterwards. Like, Oh, you're doing yeah. well. And she's like, Argh. yeah, this is what a performance. Oh, this is amazing. We're going to get you on camera often. Yeah. And she's just there. The, like, yeah. The oh, camera's oh. stopped now. You can, you can stop. You can stop. Yeah. Come on. She's like, I'm actually dying here. Help me out. Um, 
<laughs> the, all of that build-up, though, all of the you know the, the sort of racial stereotyping that JBL's putting forward and the, and the quite offensive language he's using at times and so on. Eddie Guerrero is insanely popular at this point, as anyone who <laughs> watched 2004 WWE will know. When he won won the title at uh, No Way Out, his match at WrestleMania, uh, and everything about that run. The result in the crowd reaction to when Eddie Guerrero comes out. Obviously, I'm not you know condoning how they got the heat or how they got these crowd reactions. I'm not a fan of playing to you know the, the, the racial side of things with regards to that. But it worked because they got the reaction for JBL they wanted and they got the oh, what a reaction for everything that Eddie Guerrero did. And for, for uh, from Eddie's point of view, the 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 reaction was too much because he was feeling a lot of pressure. Uh, obviously, he, he had uh, uh, issues uh, with uh, with with some substances, um, but he he's uh, it was actually his idea to drop the title to to JBL. Uh, firstly, because him and JBL were actually in real life very very good friends, but mainly because he felt he was struggling being uh, being so so much in the limelight as world champion that he he wanted to drop the towel. Um ironically, um because of the bar rates of um, of um shows headlined by Eddie Guerrero were so poor if he didn't kind of like um volunteer to to lose the title, it would have probably been been taken from him anyway. But yeah, he, mm. he was really, really struggling at this time to be the face of a company whilst in the background being really kind of uh, tormented by his demons. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. And it's kind of, it's kind of that responsibility of being the figurehead, being the champion. It's a very old school mentality, isn't it? Which I don't think applies necessarily so much now, but you know, even as recent as 2004, and I'm sure Michael's talks about it as well when he was champion in 95 and, and so on. The, despite what was on the card, the other attractions and, and all that, the, the buy rates, the ticket sales, and you know the, the finances coming in to the company, the champion for a long time took that as their own personal achievement or disappointment. <laughs> and even in, um, um, in the wrestling media, um, eras of wrestling are judged uh, on how well they drew with a certain person as champion. I mean, how much mm. uh, um, was made of Shawn Michaels being a law drawing champion or Diesel being a law drawing champion. And uh, then how um, Austin and the Rock as champion were drawing huge amounts of money. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's not only the, the wrestlers who feel that pressure, it, the pressure is added to by me, by the, the, the wrestling media saying that the bar rates are on the, the, the back of the champion, which is, not necessarily, um, not necessarily their fault. I mean, take this pay per view for example. Uh, this came uh, not long after um, a lot of uh, SmackDown were was decimated with uh, with um, people being transferred to Raw and then with uh, people having injuries. So Eddie was was kind of uh, the face of a very threadbare uh, roster. So they had to do. Uh, what they could with the with 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 what they had, and that's not always the the fault of the the champion. 
but he Eddie did feel that pressure and he he was struggling to to kind of cope with it. Yeah, and it's really ironic as well. You you pointing that out there about how SmackDown at this time had injuries and a weakened roster, and it, you were watching guys on SmackDown, especially in the mid card, and you're thinking, ah, this is like you know, no disrespect meant to people who used to figure it on Sunday night heat or velocity every week, but this is not SmackDown material. This is velocity material. That's that, those kind of guys, especially in the tag scene. But yeah, I mean, you had Mordecai getting a, a, well, a match. Yeah. Hall of Lamer. <laughs> yeah. You had Charvo Guerrero taking on Jacqueline for, for the, uh, the cruiserweight title. Um, so it was a very threadbare uh, mm. roster and they were doing the the best that they could with with uh with the, the the talent they had there but that's what i mean that's the point i was trying to sort of get at is is, is the, the irony of that because they were so fred bear and challengers to eddie guerrero were relatively thin on the ground jbl was pushed into this main event spot with this new gimmick mm-hmm. And I think JBL as a heel champion, I mean, eventually he goes on to win the title and he has a quite a long run and he feuds with The Undertaker and various other people as well. I genuinely hated JBL, but that's because he did his job so well. Mm-hmm. I look back now and think this guy was a great heel champion and it all yeah. started with Eddie Guerrero here. Now, he may not have got the rub from Guerrero if the undercard and main event picture was so thin and they had to create challengers and Eddie effectively created this heel JBL character or at least played a big part in creating this. So the ironic thing about Guerrero not being a massive draw and then eventually dropping back down the card is that what he helped create whilst he was top of the card in this JBL character probably carried SmackDown for the next two years. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. So um, it was very indirect that, that carried because of that and he couldn't do it uh physically himself but he was able to build enough heat for for jbl that he looked like a legitimate champion and to be longest reigning smackdown champion for a, for a hell of a long time and um, so yeah. you, you're absolutely right eddie guerrero did make jbl the the main event that he that he became yeah very much so very much so um the match begins well first of all let's have a look at eddie guerrero coming to the ring because he comes out in the low rider car which i always loved i always enjoyed those and the first time we see him out of the car i love that eddie guerrero scarface t-shirt that Mm -hmm. he has the latino heat and then that title belt is absolutely fantastic isn't it the undisputed championship is just what a glorious belt it's 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 one of the best world titles that that uh, WWF have had. Really, it for me, I always think it looks classic. You get a lot of WWF titles that look tacky, and you can tell that they've done to shift um, merchandise. This one looks like a classy world title. Mm. Yeah, totally. When the match begins, uh, obviously Eddie is. He's very angry with the whole situation of his mum and what, you know, JBL. It's basically, it's not just over the world title anymore. It's not a world title defense. J, uh, Eddie Guerrero is incredibly fired up and he stands on the top rope glaring at his opponent for a good 90 seconds. He does nothing. He literally stands and, there and stares. But how intense he, was that? When he was stood on the, the top turnbuckle and just staring down at JBL and JBL's like asking him how his mum is, that's old school 
classic heat getting, like just rubbing it in his face. But yeah, Edda uh, w- normally will come out and he's this fun-loving, uh, larger-than-life character, but this was a pissed-off, angry Eddie Guerrero. And it's, mm. it was such great character work by him. Yeah, definitely. Um, just very quickly, can I get a little check with everyone in the chat who is watching there, uh, or Sharon via WhatsApp or whatever, how the internet is holding up my end? My end I'm, getting a fro- I'm getting a few frozen bits and bobs, and just let us know what you're seeing in the chat from the show, just in case we have to change anything. Thank you very much. Um, the match, when it actually starts, it, it comes across very much like it's not going to be a wrestling match straight off the bat because they're just mm-hmm. Eddie Guerrero, as we said, it's cross, he's fired up, and they fall to the outside very early and they are just brawling all round the outside of the ring with yeah. JBL. I mean, don't go wrong, Guerrero here, he's obviously bulked up massively, and you know how he did that potentially could have contributed to his ultimate passing. I mean, we're, we're not you, that. You, could see, you could see the spots on his back mm, exactly. kind of like add to that. Exactly. So that's not a good a good thing there. But he's still a very small guy. What was Eddie Guerrero? Five seven, five eight, maybe. Yeah, uh, I think smaller than that. Um, okay. W- when the two guys uh, were were face to face, it was a markedly different size. Because mm, JBL is what six 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 seven, isn't he? he? Must be, or even maybe even bigger. I don't know, Maxi. Perhaps. Um, yeah, but you can tell there was a. Eddie looks still like a crew uh, yeah. when, when he's next to to uh, to JBL. Yeah, I mean, when he wrestled Kurt Angle at WrestleMania, Angle's obviously still a bigger man, but the difference wasn't so dramatic. When he's again, mm-hmm. like you said, then I suppose Lesnar as well at No Way Out, the difference is massively noticeable. It's it's a great difference, isn't it? Yeah, it is absolutely. But it leans into that underdog story, I suppose, which which works early on, I suppose, you know, with regards to winning the title and then, and, and so on. So yeah, that, I mean, that, that, that works for me anyway. Um, they're barely in the ring for the early stages. They're fighting all over the place. In, and eventually JBL does seem like he's took control when they're yeah, fighting um, around the back of the announce table. Yeah. He, he throws, um, Eddie for once, that Spanish announce table holds up because they go to it multiple times. And, uh, yeah, it, it definitely does the, the, um, Botchamena, I am the table gimmick. Uh, but we see Bradshaw kind of choking Eddie with, uh, with the cable. Um, mm. and that's when we eventually get into the ring. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not gonna lie. I, I struggled a little bit with what went on in the ring initially. Because Guerrero is still scrapping away and fighting where he's angry. But you kind of, I think, at some point need JBL to take control because he's the heel and he's the bigger guy. So the underdog Mm -hmm. and the good guy you're rooting for can sort of fight from underneath, so to speak. Whereas it does happen, I don't think it happened maybe quite as quickly. Um, Yeah, we we, we do get, um, I I think it plays really well into the story. To be fair, okay, because you've got Eddie throwing everything he can at, at, at JBL and really kind of the smaller guy besting um, the 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 much heavier, stronger opponent. But then mm-hmm. when JBL does uh, kind of get control, he slows the pace right down. Yeah. Um, 
using a lot of rest holds, headlocks, uh, uh, and keeping the, the 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 match on the ground, which is the perfect way to kind of combat somebody like Eddie Guerrero um, because he's half layer, very energetic. Um, being on the ground and being in control, that that plays perfectly into Bradshaw's hands. Yeah, I suppose the contrast of styles as well really helps with telling the story, doesn't it? I mean, you've got the whole big guy, little guy, but then you've also, I suppose, hand in hand with the big guy, little guy situation tends to go, the big guy is slower, but more powerful. The little guy is maybe more technically gifted and quicker, I guess. I mean, we had a lot of that with regards to Shawn Michaels' world title run in 95 when he was facing the likes of Vader. And then a bit later on as well, I suppose, into... 96 when he was facing Sid and so on as well and the Rumble 97 when he wrestled Sid there as well I suppose you get that sort of comparison don't you the big powerful guy and the, the, the smaller quicker guy and for me I really enjoy that that really works well I mean I think Lesnar works fantastically well when he's wrestling a much smaller guy yeah you're right, uh, and it, it does work in 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 this match. Probably not to the extent of how well Lesnar can work with the smaller guys, but certainly makes uh, Bradshaw uh, look powerful. It makes him look uh, legitimate as a as a as a title contender. Yeah, definitely. Uh, with regards to what goes on in the ring, then, Magsy, what are your thoughts on this period in the match? I mean, like I said, it took me. I didn't fall out of love with the match. I didn't lose my, my attention, but I almost wanted JBL to take over a bit quicker. Maybe how, how you did, talk us through what you saw and how you, you sort of took in the middle part of the match. Yeah. Um, I can, I can see that, that kind of mindset. Uh, but for me, I think it was this match for how long it went was paced pretty well. Um, you, um, you would expect somebody with uh, as angry as Eddie Guerrero to to take uh, the lead at the beginning of the match. Uh, then, when we get uh, the 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 beat down outside and thrown through the um, through uh, the announce table and being choked, you would think that adrenaline would would take over and Eddie'd still be able to keep that momentum up. But eventually, when you kind of uh, you dump the gas tank almost, uh, that's when. Uh, someone like Bradshaw would would kind of like take over. Um, so I was actually quite um, quite happy with the pacing of of of, of this match. Um, so yeah, I, I think with the storyline going before it, this to me made perfect sense that Eddie was throwing everything he could at, at Bradshaw to uh, to take control, but Bradshaw being able to absorb that and then finally be able to slow Eddie down. Do you know what? You made a really good point there about the pacing of the match because I, my thing about wanting the heel to take over and dominate a bit earlier is quite a nitpicky thing on my part. It's just something that popped in when I was watching and I kind of then once it was there, I couldn't really get away from it. But you actually mentioning there the pace of the match. The pacing of the match worked really well for me. So mm-hmm. I'm going to contradict myself a little bit here, I guess. If JBL had took control earlier, it would have slowed down earlier. So mm-hmm. from that aspect, I suppose the way they did structure it did make more sense and did make it more entertaining. Because if it did slow down earlier, like I was kind of saying, maybe I wanted, perhaps I'd lost interest. I don't know. Yeah, and and plus the the guys knew what was coming up. Maybe not to the say, the amount of uh, blood loss that that we saw, but they knew we were getting this uh, this. Uh, mass amount of 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 claret 
uh, or Crimson Masking. So it's almost like we're watching two separate matches. We're watching uh, um, the first two-thirds of the match uh, with uh, with Eddie in control, then JBL in control, and then the after the, the, the chair shot with the blood, that becomes almost a different match. Um, mm. So I, I can see why it was paced like that. So everybody gets their kind of their five, ten minutes of of of, uh, of action controlling before it goes absolutely off the rails. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, a couple of points w- w- I'll bring up now before we get to, I suppose, the reason a lot of people voted for this contest and that chair shot and how things went down after that. We have a bear hug spot in the match. Now, oh. anyone... Anyone who listens to me or, or records with me knows my thoughts normally on the bear hug. However, here didn't bother me one bit, Max. I don't know if it is the size difference. I don't know if it's the fact that uh, it, it must be the size difference. There's nothing else that springs to mind. It, uh, the fact that JBL is this much bigger, powerful guy. It made sense because in in the context of the match, Guerrero being smaller and quicker, it's hit move hit move that's what he's got to kind of do the moment jbl the much bigger powerful man gets hold of him he can Mm -hmm. really wear him down so a bear hug to me uh, tactically is the wrong phrase but uh, the game plan of jbl going into the match kayfabe wise you know yeah slow the slow your opponent down it made perfect sense in this instance yeah, absolutely did. And uh, even before we get to the bear hug, uh, we get um, uh, another attempt at breaking the Spanish announce table when oh, yeah. uh, uh, Eddie's <laughs> back dropped and he, he literally just bounces and slides across. Um, those tables were not forgiving in this uh, in in no. this show. Um, but yeah, then we uh, the the thing that that annoyed me about the bear hug. I mean, ah, uh, um. Bear hugs are not my favourite. Slow down, um, uh, rest holds. I, I get the point of them. Uh, it gives the the wrestlers time to kind of uh, get their energy back, uh, talk through what's going to be happening in the next uh, part of the match and, and stuff like that. I get I get the the logistics behind it, but that bear hug looks so weak. Uh, you could literally fit another Eddie Guerrero in the space between mm. Eddie and and, and Bradshaw. Um, but I did like how uh, Eddie escaped from it by clapping the ears, ear yeah. farting, essentially, ear <laughs> farting um, uh, Bradshaw, and then uh, the old thumb in the eyes, which is a classic, an I'm absolute farting. classic. <laughs> Are you farting? <laughs> yeah, essentially. That's funny, because normally, like I said, bear hugs I can't stand, but it, it didn't look the greatest. But in this instance, I wasn't bothered in the slightest by it. That's really strange. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's not long after this where we see uh, um, Eddie's doing the hard whips into the corner and then he gets uh, whipped into the ropes. Bradshaw kind of like pops him up maybe to do a power uh, power bomb and Eddie with that quick reaction and doing the the, the drop kick off the pop-up. I thought that was a oh, really good spot. Really, so really good. good. So yeah. good. We get uh, the, the three amigos, as they're called as well, don't they? An attempt at that. With regards to, um, to me, it always felt like when Guerrero started doing this, because it's a trio of vertical suplexes, isn't it? <laughs> and he lands and then spins his hips to get his opponent back up and suplex them again. To me, this always felt like Guerrero's answer 
to Benoit or Kurt Angle's rolling German suplexes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only issue I have here is, and it's more so with this kind of match, and I suppose with the likes of Lesnar as well, than when Guerrero would face a Kurt Angle, is the size difference. It kind of took me out of the believability a little bit when you're seeing somebody Guerrero's size suplex JBL, somebody of his size. Well, the third one gets countered, but the two kind of, I'm thinking, okay, kind of, I know it's suspension of disbelief, but it kind of did take away for me a little bit. Yeah, I I can understand that. What what adds to that for me is... um, he he does them one handed as well. Uh, mm. Normally, you have the 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 headlock in one hand, and then you use the other hand for leverage to to throw your opponent over. Eddie doesn't do that. He just literally does it one handed. So all the work is being done by by Bradshaw doing the yeah. the whole jump. Uh, but I did like the fact that the third one was was countered because he spends such a long time. Uh, doing these three three amigos uh that you would be able to recover and you would be able to 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 escape it and then hits that um the that clothesline from hell as well uh or attempts to hit the clothesline from from hell uh straight afterwards yeah it, it's missed that one isn't it and then yeah. uh eddie guerrero effectively then is hoisted up by jbl to get destroyed of a power bomb mm-hmm. that's countered as well into a DDT, and that was that was amazing. That was so good. Really well done. Yeah, really, really well done. But then we get our first ref bump, Mags, and it's that time when I start thinking, oh, is this going to start getting all silly now? Because I remember there being a ref bump, but what followed, obviously like, the chair shot sticks in your mind. Of course it does. It's you know, all the images, you know, videos and clips people will see and so on. But what follows that first ref bump, then it starts to get a little bit wobbly for me. Yeah, the the Eddie has to kind of almost leap into Brian Hebner Hebner to 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 knock him out. Yeah. Uh, then we we get the the backdrop, and then um, Eddie uh, whips. I think it's Bradshaw uh, whips Bradshaw into the the um, the American table, uh, and that's when we we're starting to lead up to Bradshaw getting the chair. And he waffles Eddie Guerrero with this chair shot. And I mean, waffles him. I've seen some rough chair shots in my time. Uh, I've made wrestlers vomit straight after being hit. This just, it sounds just so horrific. And Eddie kind of falls onto another chair. And then his head uh, is against the the ring, uh, ring announcer's table. And you can see, I think he blades a little bit too much. I don't think he expected to lose so much blood, uh, but you can see a, an actual gash open up on his forehead. And the minute his camera turns to, uh, to the camera turns to his face, the blood is pouring out, and mm-hmm. I mean literally dripping down his face. It's uh, it's a hell of a lot of blood, a hell of a lot. We then get Eddie kind of like staggering due to the blood loss, and and Bradshaw is following him round and hitting him with a with a uh, hitting him in the wound with the with his fist. We get a, a, a steel step shot where uh, Bradshaw hits him again, and then Eddie goes in the ring and with the color of the ring, 
it, it's more prominent just how much this blood is pouring from you. You can see the strings of blood just dripping yeah. away from Eddie Guerrero's face. Is it's the literal crimson mask. It's it's everywhere he goes. There is pools of blood just dripping from his face. Uh, then he gets a. There's a, a part where he's in a in a uh, a sleeper, and you can see how that opens up the cut again, and it all starts pouring down his face, all down JBL's arm, all the way down to uh, to JBL's uh, ring gear. Yeah, it's 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 gruesome, absolutely gruesome. It is, it is. Uh, very quickly before I forget, right back at the beginning of the show, and I'm, I tried to remember this for when we're talking about the match as opposed to at the beginning. Scottish Danny asked, is this the bloodiest match in WWE history? Can you think of any many more that are worse than this, Magsy? Not wrestling-wise, but WWE, WWF-wise. I can't, off the top of my head, think of one. This, mm. this looks like Eddie should not have been able to survive this, this match because there is blood everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. I mean, there's 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 points in the match where he can't see because there's yeah. blood literally everywhere, and he's having to like drag it out of his eyes. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's probably is the the most bloody match. Mm. I can't think of another one. I I couldn't. I'm really racking my brains and trying to think. <sighs> Was there any that stands? To, I mean, you get iconic images that probably stand out more than what we see here, but they're not as bloody. Potentially. I mean, Austin at WrestleMania 13, when it's running down his face and dripping off his teeth, but that's not as bloody as this, is it? No. Uh, the, the, this is... Cell. When, when you hear uh, Jim Ross say, Crimson Mask, this is the this is the should be your first thought, because... Uh, a lot of other wrestlers, they'll bleed a lot. Uh, Ric Flair, for instance, he'll bleed, but it, it tends to go in his hair to make it all ready. Mm. You get that visual with Eddie and uh, with this one especially. It is literally a red face. It looks like he's actually wearing a mask. It genuinely looks like he's wearing yeah. a mask. Yeah. I mean, if anyone in the chat can has any ideas or suggestions or anyone listening on the audio version later in the week about any bloodier WWE or WWF matches, very specific to that company is the question. Please, by all means, let us know. And, um, um, you know, let, let's see what you got. Let's see if we agree or disagree or whatever, because I'm struggling to think of any myself. So, yeah. Uh, there's a line here from Michael Cole saying that Eddie Guerrero is bleeding like a sieve. I think he 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 was meant to go with stuck pig because that's mm. the saying, isn't it? Bleeding like a stuck pig. Uh, but then maybe he had Vince in his ear, like, "Don't you say stuck pig? He's bleeding like a, a sieve, like a goddamn sieve." <laughs> yeah, it was a, a stupid line. <laughs> yeah, really ridiculous. Uh, we do get the clothesline from Hell by JBL. Now it's a clothesline; it's a lariat. However, you know what term you want to use, and so on. But it always looked so good, didn't it? When JBL did it, yeah. it was always such a just a, a boom. You could, it's a clothesline used. Uh, clotheslines are used in every wrestling match, every wrestling match. <laughs> but this, when he does it, you can believe that's a finisher, can you? Yeah, uh, the momentum he gets up uh, uh, when he was uh, as 
as the acolytes, he he would kind of like bounce off the ropes, but it would be more towards one corner. So he could get so much velocity, I suppose. And yeah, he takes people's heads off with that clothesline. It is, it is absolutely a, a devastating move. And I love as well that when he hits it, the crowd just go, ooh. Yeah, because it, it should be over. It, mm. it absolutely should be over. You've got Eddie Guerrero who has lost half of his uh, his blood. Uh, Bradshaw's just hit his finishing move. This match should be over. But Brian Hebner, is, he is selling this, 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 uh, this ref bump. This dude had about 15 minutes kip during this match. He just led there for, for forever. Um, JBL tries to wake him up to make the cover by punching him in the back. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> wrestler essentially, logic, yeah. <laughs> wrestler logic. <laughs> and 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 then we get uh, little Nate. Little Nate runs out to to save the day. Uh, goes for the the to do the count. Only gets a two. Um, JBL disgusted. Um, hits the power bomb. Um, gets Brian Ebner up. Again, gets the two, and then we get um, Charles Robinson gets a bump as well, which is hilarious. Yeah, I mean the the pop for the two is is great as well. The crowd are like the, the crowd think this is over, don't they? But when when he when mm-hmm. Guerrero kicks out, there's a massive reaction, and then the pop for the two came off a power bomb as well is equally as big. It's everyone wants Guerrero to win this, don't they? Everyone's behind him. And I think that really shows how great a job these two guys did going into this to mm-hmm. really make sure that everyone is, okay, this is who you cheer for. This is who you do not like. And that I think is really, I think it's a really difficult thing to do in modern day wrestling. I think mean, the proper, the proper good guys are so difficult now to define as proper good guys. You need the heels to really work as a bad guy to give the good guy a proper foil to face. Mm-hmm. However, so many heels now are, are popular because, you know, you get your smart fans who know how good they are in the ring. So you cheer yeah. for them from that aspect. The cool or, heels. Yeah. or heels are cool. I mean, the NWO, I adore the NWO, but I think they've got a big part to play in this. Here, JBL had no interest in being cool. He had no interest in being popular. He wanted to be hated. And he did that so well. An old-fashioned, smarmy twat of a heel. Exactly. And it shows in those two two counts, the double two count here, when people think he's got it won, everyone in that building cheers when Guerrero kicks out. And Mm -hmm. that, to me, is why you need stories of good versus evil in pro wrestling. Yeah. And and that leads to kind of the the setup for the finish because we see uh, Bradshaw trying to beat the living piss out of Eddie, but Eddie's... Uh, getting that kind of, I want to say second win, but it's probably his third or fourth win in this match uh, with how, how beat down he, he's got. Um, he ends up taking the, um, taking the, the impetus. He, he goes for um, um, a crossbody, which is just ridiculous. He gets caught mm. by Bradshaw who goes for the, the fall away slam, uh, which Eddie's able to count into that DDT. And then Eddie goes for, for the 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 frog splash is is his finisher, but it takes so long to get to the to the top, uh, which is understandable. The guy's lost about sixteen pounds of blood. Ridiculous. I was going to ask, Maxi. I was actually going to ask him climbing to the ropes and climbing up the ropes that slowly. We've criticised wrestlers in the past for their unconvincing climbs up ladders in ladder matches, and I'm so tired, oh, and they move like a sloth. 
here, it did make sense, didn't it? Mm-hmm. It absolutely made sense. Uh, but that gives JBL all the time in the world to to recover. He's able to roll out of the way. So Eddie essentially face plants, uh, frog splashes the, the floor, and then uh, JBL does one of the cleverest heel tactics that I've seen in 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 all of wrestling. He goes and gets a chair and also gets the title belt, hides mm-hmm. the title belt behind his back, goes around the ring, uh, tries to to slide the, the, the chair into the ring, knowing that that will distract the referee. The referee will take the chair away, and that will give him the chance to get in the ring with the title belt and use that as a weapon. It's brilliant. It's simple but effective heel work. It, yeah. It didn't really work for him because Eddie was wise to it and he was able to to uh, hit the, the the low blow. But then um, Eddie gets the title belt and he hits uh, JBL with it and Hebner is there watching. So he ends up getting disqualified, meaning that, that Bradshaw's won the match. Yeah, and I think that's a really clever finish. As you said, it's a clever heel move for a start, but it's a clever finish as well because we know this is going to go on. They've got nothing Mm -hmm. else SmackDown-wise to fill the main event spots with. So if Eddie Guerrero won this match, you're kind of already taking the wind out of JBL sales. JBL has won the match officially, but he hasn't won the title. So it's not like it's a rematch with Guerrero chasing the belt. So you've got further conflict to come. So it extends the program, doesn't it? You're going to get more money, more ticket sales, more eyes on SmackDown in theory because they're extending this story, Mags, isn't it? Yeah, and and it kind of also brings the story back to Eddie not really being in a wrestling match, but but wanting revenge on somebody who's who's uh, who's done his family harm. Because after he 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 loses the match but retains the title. He doesn't give up. He goes absolutely no. psychotic on, on JBL, ends up hitting JBL with a chair, and then JBL bleeds like a, like a sieve, uh, blood all <laughs> over. Um, JBL tries to, to, to leave, and Eddie Guerrero's chased him down, and we get pretty much the all of the, 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 the locker room's uh, um, staff coming out. I think we see Dean Malenko. Uh, we see Arn Anderson, Fit Finlay essentially dragging uh, Eddie away from, from JBL. Um, Eddie was was angry, uh, and that is what what gives the story uh, more to, to carry on in, into, into the, later into the feud. It's, mm. it's really the, – the finish is – I can understand being in the live audience, being a, a ending a pay-per-view on a DQ like that. It's a bit of a, annoying, but – it does play well into the to, to the rest of you. So I think it, it it for me it works. Yeah. Yeah, and me. And me. Um so yeah, that's basically it. That's where the show goes off the air. And we've got well, you can see behind us here the amount of blood on the canvas in the image that Magsy's put up as our backdrop this week. And I recommend people if you if you're squeamish, if you're not a fan of blood or anything a bit graphic, maybe avoid this match. But because it, it is very graphic, it is, it is. But Eddie Guerrero's performance in getting the hatred towards JBL really going is is fantastic for me. Um, out of ten, Magsy, what are you thinking? 
Um, it, it's hard to judge this as a, a wrestling match because your whole kind of um, memories of it is is the both and bleeding like a stuck sieve. Um, uh, but, stuck sieve. <laughs> what, yeah, but there is actually some some decent wrestling in there. There is a couple of botches. I think there's one time where JBL goes for a power bomb and, and Eddie kind of um, uh, botches his way out of it. Um, and we've got to give uh, JBL a little bit of slack because this is his first real effort in the, in the singles main uh, title uh, um, position. So um, I can understand there being a little bit of nerves there, but I think he works really well again himself as, as, as the bastard heel. Eddie just is phenomenal in, in getting that, uh, that sympathy and getting the crowd on his side. Um, so, so, in terms of it being a, a, a cohesive wrestling match, I think it's actually pretty damn good. Uh, the blood just takes it over the top for me a, a little bit. Um, so I think that this is seven, maybe seven and a half. I think I'm happy going seven and a half. Okay. I got seven myself. I think I got a seven as well. Um, we're, we're, we're similar. We are. They're really, really similar. Yeah. It, it, it entertained me. And that's kind of all you can ask for, isn't it? It entertained me. Mm-hmm. You got a believable bad guy. You got a believable good guy. I don't mind a bit of blood in my wrestling. I think it can help. I'm not saying I want it every match or anything because then it's you know wasted. You know, it, it, the novelty wears off very quickly. But I think there is a time and a place for it in pro wrestling. With regards to certain audiences, I'm not talking you know PG product and, and young kids watching. That's not that's not right. But you know, what I'm getting at there. I think the character of JBL is so underrated i mean it, it, it's it's fantastic this, this guy's an asshole and he knows he's an asshole but he doesn't care <laughs> and people boo him because he's an asshole eddie guerrero is always fantastic i enjoyed everything about it but it's something that i would always go back to because of the blood as opposed to the match itself but i would still go back and watch it again so for me you know in, enjoyed it enough yeah seven for me mate yep yeah. <laughs> I was I was toying between seven and seven and a half, so yeah, I can I can totally agree with your your uh, rating there. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. Ah, so where do we go next week? Obviously, okay. the whole point of chain wrestling is linking from one show to another, and we've done that ninety-one times. So, where is the ninety-second link in the chain going to take us, Mags? Well, potentially, it's going to take us to my pick. Um, so uh, I don't actually think you mentioned in, in the beginning, but this was uh, this show was held at the Staples Centre. Um, I did. I did mention it, Magsy. Oh, I apologise then. I, I weren't listening to you, which is what I do Stand for it. half the show anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the Staples Centre, which is uh, now I think is called the Crypto.com arena um they've hosted a hell of a lot of uh wwe multiple roars and smackdowns from there but a hell of a lot of pay-per-views did you know that they hosted six summer slams in a row at the staple center from 2009 to 2014 all in a row i know they hosted loads of summer slams Yep. Not necessarily in a row, but I know they hosted loads because I think I've done the same thing as you and used the arena for my link. So let's see where you go. <laughs> well, you may have to switch yours up because that's what I'm using, the, the arena. Um, so they've had uh, Unforgiven, WrestleMania 21, 
No Way Out 2007, but I want to go to a relatively new one. I want to go to Hell in a Cell 2015. Uh, now, on that card, we had uh, in the main event Brock Lesnar taking on The Undertaker in Hell in a Cell. Um, so that's where I want to go. 2015 Hell in a Cell, Brock versus The Undertaker. Why? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. That's not where I'm going. But that was my choice until I came across the match I'm going with. I literally mm-hmm. changed about 20 minutes before we came on air. How weird is that? That we both used the arena for a link and we're going pretty much the same way. Wow. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, it and I'm a big Lesnar fan, so... Yeah, I'd enjoy watching that again, mate. I'd enjoy watching that. But, you know, as I said, my link is also the Staples Centre, uh, the, the place where Judgment Day 2004 took place. One of those SummerSlams that the place has hosted... Uh, of the numerous SummerSlams that this arena has held uh, was SummerSlam 2010. I would like to go back and have a little look at a multi-man match from SummerSlam 2010, but also maybe dip our toes into why certain things happened and why it didn't work. And we have here Team WWE versus The Nexus. We walk And I'll give you a little list now as to who's involved. Team WWE is consisting of John Cena, John Morrison, R-Truth, Bret Hart in 2010, Y, Edge, Chris Jericho and Daniel Bryan. And they face the Nexus, Wade Barrett, David Otonga, Justin Gabriel, Heath Slater, Darren Young, Skip Sheffield and Michael Tarver in a seven-on-seven elimination tag team match. So very much Survivor Series vibes with that, but 7 mm-hmm. 7 um, I've not seen that since it aired 12 years ago. Nope, so I'm intrigued. I'm massively intrigued as to because the Nexus was a great idea, but it all kind of went belly up all of a sudden. So I'm thinking we can maybe dive into that a little bit. So Because somebody wanted the result changed. Well, we can look into that if my choice wins, Max. Those are your options for this week's poll. We have Hell in a Cell 2015, the main event from that show. Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker. I've actually written here Brock versus Lesnar on my notes, so that's not quite right. That would be a, that would be a brilliant match. That'd be a suplex. Fest. Can you imagine this? Yeah, the amount of suplexes in that. Jesus. Yeah being seen i'll try that again shall i and on the audio version i'll cut all this up so i sound bloody professional um, <laughs> the main event of hell in a cell 2015 brock lesnar versus the undertaker in the cell itself or the main event from SummerSlam 2010 team wwe versus team nexus and all that stuff that went on with that so then magsy do you want to let people know where... Well, actually, no, let's dive in the chat quickly first before we disappear, shall we? Because people have been commenting. We should always uh, have a little look at what they're saying. Well, you're getting a lot of grief because uh, um, 
Mort says, since it aired five years ago, and uh, Sharon, are you going to tell him or shall I, he's missing a few years? Missing a few years? Yeah, because you said that uh, this um, this SummerSlam aired five years ago when it was 12 years ago. Did I really say that? Well, oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I've not seen it since. So edit, it edit that out and then oh, well, edit I'll this end, out. Yeah, I'll, I'll cut all this <laughs> out as well, yeah. <laughs> um, I've not seen that since it aired 12 years ago. You sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> uh, we've got a Scottish Danny saying, ooh, Bret Hart's last SummerSlam match. No, Brett, Brett wasn't. Was Brett on Team Nexus? Maybe. No, Brett was part of Team WWE. Yeah, I know. Okay. okay. Scottish Danny as well saying <laughs> Staples Centre was home of WrestleMania 21. It absolutely it was. was. Yep. Uh, and he says to Morty, I, I think the only one that comes to mind, and this is the encyclopedia, so we must be uh, we must be at least a little bit right. He says mm. the only match that comes to mind is Rated RKO versus DX from New Year's Revolution 2007. Absolute bloodbath. I'll check that out. Yeah, thank you, Danny. Uh, Cam says there's nothing wrong with being five foot eight, sir. It's called being vertically challenged. Pretty certain Diego Maradona was five foot eight, and he did all right for himself. Well, when he puts his hand up, he was about six foot three. So, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, and uh, Scottish Danny says this uh, pay-per-view poster is is my all-time favorite got it in a frame and i remember this oh, no. getting a lot of grief it's the one with the burning taker sign in it yeah i think so um yeah that that was very uh controversial at the time imagery i guess yes so uh yeah i think that's uh pretty much the majority of the chat caught up with oh awesome facebook stuff. user Facebook user does say, I love you guys, and yes, I am a mark for the show and network. But Thank we you so appreciate much, you. Mr. U- or Mrs. User. We really do appreciate mm-hmm. that. Thank you. Uh, make sure you click on the little StreamYard thingy that's attached on the video when it comes up in Facebook, because then that enables us to see your name when you comment mm-hmm. via Facebook, so then we know we know who you are. So, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, Magsy, do you want to let everybody know whereabouts they can find you and all your wonderful TikTok videos of your twerking and stuff. I mean, I've never, <laughs> never, ever done that. Um, I've actually tweeted a couple of times this past week. So I noticed, I'm, mate. I noticed. Yeah. Um, and shout out to uh, uh, Mark at, uh, at Wrestling Jeebus. Uh, yeah, we love you as well, sir. You are yes. absolutely amazing. Uh, um, a very bright light in what can sometimes be a very toxic and dark wrestling community yeah um he's uh he's an absolute superstar and we appreciate you very very much sir um but you can follow me on twitter down here at podfather mags uh or on tiktok at mags all pods i'm barely on either of them so if i don't reply i'm not being ignorant i just will not receive the message but i am getting there slowly but surely Slowly but surely, mate. Slowly but surely. Uh, you can find... Well, normally I say you can find me, but it's not me. It's the network. That's what I want everyone to go and check out. The uh, the SJP World Media Network that carries this show, uh, the audio version of this show, Nitro Nights, the waiting room when it comes back, the Doctor Who pod. Um, back when, I need to give a shout out to, back when with Danny and Tyler, monthly show, the first episode did incredibly well. Loads of great feedback. Everyone loved it. Second episode is being recorded very soon, so keep your eye for that one. The more people who give it positive feedback, the more Danny and Tyler will be 
putting more shows out. Perhaps it'll go fortnightly. Who knows? We'll have to have a look. Uh, we have all, all, like I said, all sorts going on there. Nitro Nights, the NXT Look Back podcast with Joshua Goodwin. That is, I'm loving recording that. Joshua's insights from actually being a, a wrestler himself on the independent scene in the UK. Uh, filling in you know sort of blanks in my mind as to why certain things happen really informative and he's just a top bloke anyway so much great content and more still coming oh rsh and in the corner with benny mack reviewing current wwe every week they watch so you don't have to check that Mm -hmm. out you know we get a viewpoint from the states we get a viewpoint from the uk there's so much going on and like i said more and more happening all the time so follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SJP World Media. Uh, you can follow this show on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and all the other stuff as well uh, at Chain underscore Wrestling. I think that's it, Maxi. I I, there's got to be a better way of me doing that. I'm gonna have to write something out, record it, and just tag it on the end or something because I think I always forget some shit. <laughs> you did a, a, a fine job, uh, especially with how quickly. Uh, the the network has has got so many good uh content and content creators on it uh, i think you did admirably promoting them all thank you very much sir thank you very much and again on the note of the sad news this week thank you so so much everybody for joining us this evening magsy and i hope we've you know given you a little bit of a distraction whether you mm-hmm. you know were, were feeling sad or just wanted to be distracted or however it worked thank you so much for letting us into your homes i guess via youtube via your phones your tablets your computers however it is and spending time with us on a monday night for a couple of hours we hope we've entertained you during this sad time during this this time where our country the the term is the country is in mourning so you know magsy and i hope we put a smile on your face and thank you so much for for joining us there magsy my friend I'm off now to go and watch any bloody Shawn Michaels match I want because it's not on a pole and I'm going to have a sulk and a strop because I haven't won in weeks and I love Shawn Michaels so I'm just going to watch it all night long, all right? Barry Windham sucks. Oh!